Hello and thank you for tuning in. This is our great and glorious King Ministries podcast, The Truth About Everything, and I am your host, Khalik. In my early 20s, my friends and I decided that we were not going to conform to popular culture. To us, everyone was doing the same exact thing. They all dressed alike. They all held the same philosophy of thought and everyone lived the exact same lives going after the exact same goals. It was like the culture created zombies. And our lives were dedicated to not conforming to culture. I mean, we were true to what we believed. Everything we did was based on our determination to be separate from the culture and to be individuals. You know, there was power in non-compliance with the culture. We were so loyal to our convictions. We thought differently. We uh, lived differently. I mean, what mattered to us was different. Just looking at us, you can tell that we were not conforming to the ways of the world by the way we, we dressed, by the way we spoke, by the, by the things that we considered to be important. And we were, and because of this, we were excluded from certain circles. People made fun of us. They called us names, etc. But we were not trying to fit in. We were in the culture, but not of the culture. And this is what God caused us to do as believers, to stand out, to not conform to the pattern of the world. It's Romans 12, too. He caused us to look, to think, and to live in such a way that it is obvious that we are answering the call of God. But we don't look different than the world. We don't think different than the world. A lot of us, our thoughts are still wrapped around corruption, greed, envy, lust, and self-glorification. And the way we live our lives is obvious and it's plain. Uh, just look at some of our social media pages. They're laced with Bible verses as well as obscenities. It's just a big mess. And this is all done out in the open for the whole world to see. So we have non-believers seeing us and laughing. We have younger Christians that see us and they mimic our behavior. And then God sees us and is saddened by how we are just defiling ourselves. When Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah in 587 BC, there were four Hebrew boys that were separated from the captives to be trained to serve the king in his palace. Those four boys were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, they were given new names. Uh, they were given names after the Babylonian gods. Their kosher diet was replaced with the king's diet. Um, every attempt was made to conform them to the culture of the Babylonians, but they refused to compromise. And Daniel 1.8, we see Daniel saying, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. They refused to change who they were with the Lord, even though they couldn't change the fact that their names were being changed and that their dress was being changed and that their culture was attempting to be ripped from them. They remained loyal to God and followed the commandments that they were raised to follow. This was something that they were unwilling to compromise, even in the face of death. So what did Daniel mean about defiling himself? 
The defilement was not because of the food. It was filled with disease or anything of that nature. The food was the best in the land. It was the king's food. The defilement came from the participation of something that was against the will of God. The defilement was the integration into the culture, the acceptance of its demands and the rejection of God in the denial of his commands. The culture will ask you in very subtle and sometimes bold ways to submit to the will of man and not to God. It will ask you to compromise your faith for the sake of inclusion. The culture will have you to forfeit your position in the kingdom of heaven, to betray your relationship with God, to obtain whatever the world offers in exchange for it. In the book of Matthew, we see Satan attempting to do this with Jesus. And Matthew 4, 8 through 10, it reads, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Whatever the world is promising is not worth exchanging for what God has for you. I had a conversation with a grandmother that was experiencing a breakdown in her relationship with her 24 year old granddaughter. Now, her granddaughter had moved in to a new apartment with her high school sweetheart. The grandmother would remind the, the young lady that God didn't desire this type of life for her, that abstinence was important, and that if this is what she wanted to do, this is what she felt like she needed to do, then they should do it the right way and get married. So obviously the, the granddaughter, after hearing this so, so much, she grew frustrated with it. So she began to visit the grandmother less, began to answer her calls a lot less. The communication overall just began to suffer because of it. And it began to suffer to such a degree that the grandmother gave in. She realized that her friend's grandchildren were doing the same thing. And this is just what the kids did nowadays. So she compromised her beliefs in order to regain that relationship with her granddaughter. Now, am I saying that the grandmother should have allowed her relationship with her granddaughter to die? Absolutely not. But God's word doesn't change. When, when we're in difficult times, when the pressure is on, you have to make a choice what side you stand on, what team you're playing with, and stay on that side. Uh, trust in the Lord applies to you when things are good in your life and when things get so bad that you don't know what to do. We have to be uncompromising believers because an uncompromising believer is an instrument of God. An uncompromising believer is one that God uses as a messenger to the culture. We can't compromise our beliefs for the culture. We're not supposed to lust to find our place in the world, to be accepted by, by it, to be desired or acclaimed by or through the standards of the world. We can't sacrifice our beliefs to keep friendships, to get married for the sake of success, prestige, or to make money. Daniel was not loud. He wasn't ready to fight. He existed in the culture, but he was not of the culture. He didn't preach sermons or condemn the worship of idols or call the king a fool or, or any of that. 
His ministry was his uncompromising service to the Lord. This was the message that he preached without saying a word that my God is my master and I serve him with all my heart, with all my mind and with all my soul unconditionally and unapologetically. The uncompromising believer is one that represents God and that God presents to the culture as what a believer should look like. Being uncompromising is proclaiming as a believer that God is a significant force in your life. Today, we need to be aware of our weakness to compromise our beliefs and convictions in order to conform to the ways of the culture. We bend the word of God in order to be accepting of our lifestyle. We live from our opinions and our truth and make the wisdom of God optional. But the word of God is not flexible. It is not submissive. It is not docile. It is the force that created the universe and all that exists, known and unknown. It is the energy that sustains life and denies life. It all comes from the same source, the wisdom of God and his word being the manifestation of that wisdom. So is compromising still compromising if it's only a little bit? I mean, is a little white lie really a lie if it's not really hurting anybody? Yes. The way to winning over the culture is not to become like them, as some of us may think. If you think about prisons, they are built to look the way they look for a reason. They're not built to look like luxury homes. Prisons look the way they do because they don't want you to confuse them with anything else. It's not supposed to be a pleasant place, a cozy and friendly place. It's supposed to be a place that you dread to visit, a place that that keeps you from committing crimes and keeps you in line. So why does the church look so much like what God has called us away from, what he has sanctified us from? The uncompromising believer does not wish to be celebrated by the culture, but rather finds peace in being rejected by the culture. They are in the culture, but not of it. They are dedicated to the Lord, mind, body, and soul. They trust God, not due to a favorable outcome, but because God is all wise and is trustworthy to make the right decision in their favor. So make the decision that you will be an uncompromising believer, that you will no longer work to fit into the culture that God has called you out of, that your dedication to God, your beliefs and your faith will be what you are known for. Make it your truth. That no relationship, no level of success, no amount of money, no comfort of the flesh will make you compromise what God is to you. If you have any questions or concerns or need prayer, shoot us an email. Our website is oggkministries.org. We would love to hear what you have to say. Again, this has been colleague with our great and glorious King Ministries. Thank you and God bless.